From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we are two days, 19 hours, and nine minutes away. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, September 12th, 2022. Let's start today with an email I got from a listener, and I got this last Friday that I did not read because I forgot, um, but it was in reply to third world people, what's called developing world, but third world people can be metaverse NPCs, and that's non-playable characters. Basically saying that if you live in a developing country, you can license or sell your likeliness to be put in metaverse games so people in the Western world or richer countries can play those games with real people or real NPCs in there. And that's what they're going to reply on. So let's see what Malcolm says. Malcolm says, firstly, thank you for your quality daily crypto news. Secondly, I wish you were running for Congress here in Cincinnati so I could vote for you. Just know that if you run for Senate, I'll volunteer for the campaign. Thank you for both of those. I doubt I'm going to have an opportunity to run for Senate versus win this race, but I think Tim Ryan's going to take this one very easy over J.D. Vance, and then Sherrod Brown's there, so it's going to be a while since uh, anybody has an opportunity to run for Senate. Now mainly, he says, third world people can be metaverse NPCs is a disgustingly dehumanizing statement, which perfectly represents the dangers of building Web3 on top of existing power structures. I like that statement because I agree with this. I agree with that what we're seeing right now, and here, let me just go for a little bit of a rant. I've been saying this about Solana and other Ethereum killer, in air quotes, blockchains or projects. What we're seeing is people wanting to go through centralization for convenience and cost. It's faster, it's cheaper because they want the commodity of it. They want the fun of it. They just want to use it and buy and sell and make money and whatever. They don't care about if there's actually a problem to solve. And I see that that we're just actually leaning that way for a lot more things. But we knew this was going to happen. Because we are kind of losing the plot when it comes to crypto or blockchain or decentralized systems. We're seeing DeFi or decentralized finance, which had great ideas of how to create financial systems that includes more income levels, more demographics, and more geographic locations. However, we're seeing DeFi is mirroring TradFi and becoming a fractional banking Ponzi scheme that's lacking regulation, just allowing people to get rugged. But it could have been something that is trying to fix a problem that we have. And I see that we're just in the crypto space. And this isn't me being Debbie Downer or being very pessimistic on everything, because I do see there's a lot of optimism still. But I want everybody to realize that when we are talking about Bitcoin, decentralized systems and proof of work and DeFi, where we're trying to create systems that fixed problems with our traditional systems. And I think we have to keep that plot. We have to keep doubling down on that narrative or else we're just going to go into the same old, same old and wonder why didn't anything change? Malcolm continues to say, The point of crypto is to increase financial equality, but more and more we are seeing decentralized being replaced by digital colonization. And if we're not careful, we're going to see the old inequities coded into a new system. This is the future of technology, not SimCity. The metaverse has the potential to fulfill the American dream, a place where anyone can become anyone, bust out some quests, stack up some sats, open an NFT apothecary, 
and use the profits to buy real life cars and give the real life kids real life opportunities. This is called entrepreneurship no matter where they're from. Thank you for reading this and thank you for being you and keep doing what you do. Malcolm. I thought that was a great email, Malcolm. What do you think about what Malcolm said? What do you think what I said? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Now, let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 9.22 a.m. Eastern Daily Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $22,338, up 3.5% in 24. Ethereum's at $1,750, down a percent in 24. And in the intro, I read you the countdown to the Ethereum merge. And if you Google Ethereum Merge, Google has a very nifty countdown clock for you. Obviously, the countdown is going to happen on a certain block height. So if you think it's going to go down from like two days, 19 hours and 14 minutes, and then the next time you refresh, it's going to be two days, 19 hours and 13 minutes. It's probably not going to work that way. You're going to see it go up and down, but just slowly trend down until you have the merge. And I think that's really cool because, well, Google's thinking about this because this is a huge event. And that's why I want you to read today an opinion piece by Dan Roberts, who is our editor-in-chief. All eyes in crypto are on the merge, and not just the Ethereum crowd. The event matters for Bitcoiners and everyone else. And he said this in the article. You might expect that a successful Ethereum merge will be beneficial to these other proof-of-stake cryptocurrencies. And indeed, many of them got healthy boosts this past week, presumably thanks in part to the merge buzz. But the opposite is also possible. Many of these Ethereum challengers pitched themselves as a more eco-friendly alternative to Ethereum. But once Ethereum is running a proof of stake, they lose part of that value proposition. And so read this article, this opinion piece by Editor-in-Chief Dan Roberts, because it goes through a lot of different scenarios about what happens after the merge. This is a big event. This is historic in the crypto space. So hopefully everything goes off without a hitch. Continuing with crypto prices. Tether's number three, USDC is number four, and Binance is at 297, up 1.2% in 24. Rounding off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Polkadot. Doge is number 11. Total market cap is up 1.5% in 24 at 1.07 trillion. We have a BTC dominance almost 40% at 39.8, and F dominance of almost 20 at 19.9. And we have some other notable price action here. Terra, Terra Luna took a big surge over the past oh, couple days. It went from $1.80 all the way up to like $6 on the 10th. It's currently trading at $4.81. It's down 20% in 24 hours, but why the hell is anybody buying Terra Luna? Who knows? But Terra Classic is also having a very big month. It's up over 500% in the past month. That's absolutely insane. Moving into today's headlines, India's Enforcement Directorate, or the ED, that's an unfortunate acronym, has unfrozen the accounts of crypto exchange Wazir X, according to the exchange's website. The exchange's bank accounts were unfrozen following active cooperation with the ED via active anti-money laundering, or AML, checks, which blocks suspicious accounts. The exchange is one of India's largest with $2.9 million 24-hour trading volume, and it had $8.14 million of assets frozen for more than a month. The financial, the financial regulator found that during the investigation of the exchange, that of the suspected 16 companies allegedly laundering money through Wazirx, most accounts had already been blocked between 2020 and 2021. 
Today's news comes amid an ongoing anti-money laundering investigation into Chinese-owned illegal online betting applications. So now that everything's all good, does CZ come out and say that he owns YZRX again? Hmm, let's see how that plays out. The Algorand Foundation deposited $35 million in USDC into Hodlnot. As part of the foundation's mission, they say, from time to time, we invest a portion of our surplus treasury capital to generate yield for the purpose of Algorand ecosystem development. And these funds were invested for that purpose. Most of those investments were short-term lock deposits that became unavailable when Hodlnot suspended withdrawals. The Algorand Foundation said that it's pursuing all legal remedies to maximize asset recovery. Hodlnot has been operating since 2009 and offering investors up to 7.25% interest on their holdings of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. The company suspended withdrawals and deposits, and token swaps, by the way, on August 8th. Algorand says it doesn't anticipate operational or liquidity issues due to this action, the action being locking up the funds. MicroStrategy's CEO, Michael Saylor, stepped down only one week after Washington, D.C.'s attorney general sued the company and Saylor for alleged tax fraud. But now the company wants to buy more Bitcoin. In a prospectus filed with the SEC on Friday, MicroStrategy said that the firm has entered an agreement with investment bank Cohen & Co. to sell up to $500 million in shares of its Class A common stock. We may use the net proceeds from this offering to purchase additional Bitcoin. So far, MicroStrategy has accumulated quite a bit of Bitcoin, 129699 to be exact. How much is that? Eh, a mere $2.7 billion worth. MicroStrategy said this, We have not targeted any specific amount of Bitcoin holdings. We will continue to monitor the market conditions and determine whether to conduct debt or equity financing to purchase additional Bitcoin. They're bullish. They're going to BTFD. As Meta continues to build out its new Metaverse venture, Several U.S. senators are asking CEO Mark Zuckerberg to prove that the social media giant is serious about combating crypto scams on its platforms. The senators writing this to Mark Zuckerberg said, Meta provides a breeding ground for cryptocurrency fraud that causes significant harm to consumers. They continue to say, While crypto scams are prevalent across social media, several Meta sites are particularly popular hunting grounds for scammers. What sites might you ask? Well, 32% of fraudulent activity took place on Instagram, 26 on Facebook, and 9% on WhatsApp. And finally, and some of the most fun news I've seen in a while, United States' oldest dictionary publisher, Merriam-Webster, they added 370 new words to the dictionary for September of 2022. And some of those are crypto-related. So what words did they add? Well, they added altcoin. And how they define it? As any of the now roughly 20,000 cryptocurrencies in circulation that are regarded as alternatives to established cryptocurrencies, especially to Bitcoin. They added Metaverse. And they say Metaverse is a persistent virtual environment that allows access and interoperability to multiple individual virtual realities. And this is opposed to MeetSpace, which is officially defined as the physical world and environment, especially as contrasted with the virtual world of cyberspace. Did you know that NFTs or non-fungible tokens earned Collins Dictionary's Word of the Year in 2021? Hmm, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Other words you'll probably see on crypto Twitter that are now included in the dictionary. Unbanked or underbanked, which refers to individuals with no or limited access to banking services. Use case refers to a use to which something can be put. And other words that I'm actually kind of surprised that they weren't there already, but also not surprised. You'll see what I'm saying. Dumb phone 
A cell phone that does not include advanced software features such as an email or internet browser typically found on smartphones, which I think is pretty interesting that they put that in the dictionary. Supply chain was not in the dictionary, which is definitely the word of the past couple years. The chain of processes, businesses, etc., by which a commodity is produced and distributed. The company's materials and systems involved in manufacturing and delivering goods. Virtue signaling is now in the dictionary and is defined as the act or practice of displaying one's awareness of and attentive to political issues, matters in social and racial justice, etc., especially instead of taking effective action. And something that should have been in the dictionary, and I think it's in the dictionary like 20 years too late, janky. <laughs> they define it as something of very poor quality. And I'm very surprised that it took this long to get in the dictionary. But anyway, this was a very fun story. The link is in the show notes if you want to see all 370 new words in the dictionary. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. I hope you have a great Monday. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.